Welcome to the Marketing Intern Spotlight. A marketing intern is a listener who's spreading our message authentically. Hear their story, their passion, and their journey. Enjoy. So you haven't been producing much songs? You haven't been singing in the shower at least? I was hoping for that response at least. You're like, yeah, I sing every day. I, I mean, like, I probably do sing every day, but... Uh... <laughs> every day you sing. Probably, I probably do sing every day, but whether it's good singing and whether I'm, you know, keeping up the proper vocal technique and all that sort of stuff, it's mostly me just goofing around, you know. Mm. We're always goofing around, though. <laughs> That's the name of the game. When you're, when you say you're goofing around, what's like the first song that comes to mind when you're like, "All right, this is my goof around song." Uh, good question. Today in the car on the way over here, I was singing Motley Crue. Oh, nice! Yeah, the, the Dirt documentary really had me. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Dirt is great. And who is it in there? Machine Gun Kelly is in there, and yeah, he yeah makes, he's like the drummer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good documentary. I like. I'm kind of into those bio flicks right now. I just watched the Queen one too, mm. and uh, yeah, those guys are pretty. I love that. I love that bio flick. It's very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the uh, the greatest documentary, music documentary of all time, according to Jack Burke, the Eagles documentary? <laughs> I have seen it. I have seen it. Yeah. And it's kind of, I really like that documentary, not because I do like the Eagles. They're really good. But my favorite artist is Jackson Brown. Okay. And uh, he's not like anything really too special, like in terms of like his musicality and stuff. But his songwriting is like bar none, Mm. like better than anything else, I think. I know Jack Burke has had one of the best nights ever when he comes home and I hear the Eagles documentary playing at full (laughs) full volume at like one thirty two in the morning. Yeah. A, a, like a healthy and like best night ever for Jack Burke is when he like falls asleep with frozen pizza on his plate with like a little bit of ranch and the Eagles documentary is hitting the hour two mark <laughs> and he's got one more hour to go and you know, and you know like he'll wake up at eight, eight a.m. and you know grab a cup of coffee and some yeah. water and he'll fucking finish it because that's <laughs> how it works. Yeah, after he loves it so much. Oh, it's it is the I mean, but to his point, it is the best documentary of all time. Like, in terms of, like, music documentaries, bar none, my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I think, Jack, I heard online today, or I read online, that Netflix is making socks that they can, like, tell when you fall asleep. I think Jack needs that for the Eagles documentary. So, yeah, so he doesn't miss a second. <laughs> and for the listeners, uh, marketing interns that are like, man, I should really watch this Eagles documentary. We've done a good job of convincing them of that. Yeah. It's not on Netflix anymore. So it's that's not? tough. Yeah. Oh no, Armor. but I do want to ask, what's going on with this sock thing? I was not aware about this. I I, I don't know, but I just read about it today. So look it sounds like an Onion article, but oh yeah, because <laughs> like, what are socks doing for your sleep? You know, well, I I, I don't like, wear socks. Your in toes, bed. like you, your toes, like they like take different positions when you are like awake versus asleep. Oh. So I assume it's like that sort of a thing. Like you're always wiggling your toes. It's like right. in nature to like wiggle but, your toes. But now again, everyone's thinking about wiggling how, their toes. Right. <laughs> no, I'm wiggling my toes right now. Yeah. But what's the deal with uh, Why not with wearing else? socks in bed? No one's doing And if you are, if you're wearing socks yeah. in bed, you're canceled. You can't wear socks in bed. So this yeah. is from a, a 2015 Business Insider article. So apparently this is, this is not like super new. This is old news. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm just behind the times. But they... I don't know if they were released or not, but apparently it utilizes this technology called uh, act- actigraphy, actigraphy, which uses an accelerometer to tell when you stop moving for a while, presumably when you fall asleep. In a pair of socks prototype, or no, a sock prototype rather, uh, an LED light in cuff 
in the cuff of the socks begins to flash red when you become immobile, letting you know it's about to pause your show. If you don't move at all, it canceled. If you move at all, it canceled the shutdown. Wow, oh my god! So I don't know if they actually ever released these. Yeah, I don't know if it's doing too well. It might have just been like a. Mar- <laughs> it might have just been like a. Mar- it looks like it was kind of like a marketing ploy, like yeah. a mm. viral marketing thing. So. You know what's crazy though? It caught your eye. Yeah, yeah, it, it caught, caught it. My eye. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. Now we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Four years later. You ever think about how crazy entrepreneurship is just in general? Like that sock idea is a great example. Like some guy saw an opportunity, and we can call this opportunity anything. This guy saw socks, sleep, and Netflix all in the same sentence. And he was like telling everybody about it. It wasn't existed. And it was like, I'm buying into that. I want to do that. And people are like, you're crazy. But he's like, I want to do this. And so he does it. And, like, yeah, we're all talking about it's whatever. It didn't happen. But, like, the fact that you have to buy into something like that as the creator, having it not being really in existence and sell it to someone mm-hmm. is very difficult in my mind. It's, right? cra- it's crazy that that's, like, how everything gets started, too. That's everything you just assume right? that it's always been there. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I have a comment on that. I think that's kind of a misconception. Not all entrepreneurship is, like, a brand new idea. Yes. A lot of the time, like, you can start an own, your own business by yourself and have it. It's Someone's already doing it, you know? You just play copycat. Play copycat. I feel like that's a lot, in terms of, like, risk, that's a lot safer bet. Like, take a proven business model and repeat it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what you guys are kind of doing with your whole podcast. What, it's like, what do you think we're doing? I just want to know. Like, this is a... <laughs> this is a market research. This is a market research. I would love to hear, because you've listened to a lot of our show. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Um, I mean... I think what you're doing is you are building, essentially building a brand and trying to build trust with a lot of different listeners um, who know you guys so that eventually you can sort of have kind of ad spots on your on your podcast, essentially. That would be my guess at what you do. I haven't talked to you about it. But. Mm-hmm. No, that's pretty spot on. Yeah. I mean, we're just trying to grow our, our name and the trustworthiness of that name, mm-hmm. the credibility of that name, so that companies see it, and then also yeah. uh, the population sees it as something entertaining. So you're, you're spot on. Just yeah. uh, It's an ever, yeah, it's an ever evolving game of like what, mm-hmm. what's, what's next. No, it's always evolving. Yeah, ever evolving. Uh, it's ever evolving. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But yeah, And even not to your never. point, now, it's, it's not never for sure. Yep. We could all agree on that. English Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys feel like you're at the point? Do you guys feel like you're at the point of like uh, starting to do that? Are you at the point where you could feel like you have a big enough trustworthiness that you can start having ads and things? Um, yeah, I think we, we definitely have earned that. I think yeah. we definitely know that um, those spots are valuable to yeah. companies or brands. It's just like really trying to simplify it down to – solving a problem and is it a problem that i want to solve yeah right because we can we can get uh joe schmo sock boy coming on here and be like hey promote your socks and i'll do that dude i have no problem with wiggling (laughs) my toes on camera however like it's i because we've had sponsors in the past and we've gone through it before i i'm glad we have done that but i also want to start problem solving i want to attack it more from that perspective because i feel like shit when i don't provide someone else's company value someone's paying us to like talk about whatever company and i'm like that's great i don't know if that's connecting with our listeners this that and the other then it's like what is he actually getting i'd rather start with value and end with value than Mm -hmm. than not do that i guess it's a long-winded answer but yeah have the company see more return on investment exactly what we're initially we were doing was just taking anyone that wanted to sponsor us 
and yeah. just taking their money pretty much and just being like, okay, we don't. It doesn't matter if they truly fit our brand. Yeah. And that's something that, and then you yeah. see them fall, fade off because they don't see the value in return, and that's mm-hmm. no fun for anyone. How does something fit into your brand and something not fit into your brand? Like, I guess what's your brand, and what is something that you would decline and say like, no, that's not really. Mm-hmm. I would take it another direction and. I guess like our audience is people in their twenties, mm-hmm. navi- trying to nav or people navigating their twenties, trying to figure out what the hell they want to do with their life. Yeah. Right. So, different people come on. It's they're telling their stories. You grab that one thing, put it in your back pocket, mm-hmm. and use in your own life. So when I see that, I'm like, well, you got people in your, their twenties that are doing all sorts of plethora of things. So maybe it's not niche enough to like say that works. Yeah. But what has worked is like what people in their twenties are interested in. They're interested in like beer, Schwantoberfest, Oktoberfest, Bauhaus beer. They like that. <laughs> it's good beer. They also like great beer. Thank they you. Also, by the way. Yeah, thank you. These are great beers. Um, another thing they're interested in is like fitness. That's worked really well for us as well. Yeah. Like people love going to like Alter or Lifetime or any of those places. Alchemy, you know, they're, yeah. the list is long. So it's basically just trying to find trends or things that people are also interested that you can associate together and do well. Is your sales funnel? Do you have a sales funnel? Or is it back pocket corp is in shambles when it comes to sales. <laughs> we give everything away for free. Yeah. We struggle with selling, but Except for we, events, we get people to come to, our we events. get people to come to events and then we feel bad when we sell like things to people. So we usually like these just... hats we've, we got 50 of them and we, I think we sold two or three. Sorry. Those three people that bought them. <laughs> the rest we, gave no, we, we probably sold like 12 or 13. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had 50 shirts and we sold some of those as well, yeah. but we just want people to have the product, man. Your back pocket product. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I mean, if you're repping it. No I think problem. you guys, I think, I don't know if you've ever considered this, but I think it'd be cool to, like, find, like, 20, like, Minneapolis brands and, like, send them all out a DM on Instagram saying, like, hey, we have free ads, but we have ad spots on our podcast. I don't yeah. know if you've ever thought about doing anything like that. but mm-hmm. So here's the thing. We thought about doing it, but we've never done it. Done it. Because <laughs> we, we stink at doing those things that we haven't, yeah, put done, done. Like, had the initial like, all right, we've done it type thing. Yeah. For this is like this podcast. We just wanted to record all these podcasts, put them out, and have people listen to them and be like, oh, that was fun, mm-hmm. like great podcast. Yeah, and not have to worry about anything else. That's what we find all the value in. So, like the making money aspect, we always struggle on following through with those things yeah. outside of events because there's financial investment in there that we need to actually uphold. Like, <laughs> you don't want to go in the saying, yeah. yeah. This is so funny, actually. Now, really thinking about this, like we've put a lot of time and effort and thought into who we want to have on the podcast and how we want to put that out to people. Yeah, we have given a lot of thought about how to have fun doing mm-hmm. all of that, which is why events come into play there. And we yeah. have people like yourself on that are awesome and have like really killer stories. We care about the people that walk into Mm -hmm. this studio. Exactly. But then on the flip side, we have not given enough thought to your point about how could we monetize or how could we get other brands, companies, Mm -hmm. things on board with us? You got to think about it. Like, so you've had this time like building your product, right? Yes. And your product is really your audience, right? Yes. And now you have to figure out how are you going to bring your audience to the marketplace which is the local businesses it's a b2b sale you guys are a business they're a business mm-hmm. wow so that's how i would think about it no, that's you, how guys you, should... have, you guys have thought about it this already but no no no, no, no that's no good. we haven't so 
So do you have availability to maybe take yeah, a part-time actually, job? Or? Actually, the rest of my, uh, it comes under a fee. Yeah, the rest of my <laughs> advice comes under a fee. Consultation only. Yeah, consultation only, yeah. I am a consultant. Love that. Trade, no kidding. So. You're a consultant, but you're also a singer. And you're also named, your T- name's Tony Perella. Like, do, we, do we at least give him that intro yet? Uh, I don't know Holy if we shit. have Tony Perella, Tony Pepperoni. We just dove in. We dove yeah. in. We're here. <laughs> Dude, the name on your, uh, uh, your name on my phone is Tony, 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 Tony. I have four different variations of the word Tony, and that comes from uh, Never Stop, Never Stopping, a great movie on HBO with uh, Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. And the Lonely Island Boys. And the, and the oh, Lonely yeah. Island Boys. I could see you guys being a big Lonely Island fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's written all over us. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, you know, enough about us, honestly. We've spent way too much time. Probably bored. Probably everybody like, oh, we're going to listen to Tony Perillo today, and then you got this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you got the back pocket having a little uh, therapy. Midlife crisis. Yeah. You, you walked right into a crisis. <laughs> God. We're huh? in shambles. Yeah, so if you're if you're still listening, thank you for tuning in. We got Tony Perillo live right now. Tony. I was telling myself this is going to be the best back pocket podcast. Yes. yes. All right, dude. Yeah. Perfect. Because not many of them start off on us. I, I, <laughs> oh, there's no. a, there's, I, a, there's a some that do, but I think that's going to lead to something great. Yeah, and I was actually gonna. I don't want to jump the gun on you guys. Oh no. But, um, oh no. But I was gonna say that that was my uh, thing that I keep in my back pocket is like asking questions because mm-hmm. I know I jump. Is that okay? No, do it. Jump, but, it, dude. Uh, this is your podcast. But I, uh, yeah, I think that like. So one of my best talents in life is like listening and asking questions and getting to the root of whatever somebody's personality or problem or whatever it may be. And yeah, so I feel like it's a good way to start the podcast because it embodies who I am, you know, asking questions mm. and getting to know you guys and your business. Yes. Which is something I'm interested in. Damn, dude. Yeah. We were kind of right. talking off air how, you know, I we've had several conversations. We've gotten to know each other through Jack as a mutual friend and yeah. going to uh, see you guys sing. Um, at St. Thomas and like I know you but I don't know you that well and I yeah. think that plays a role into a little bit in the, a lot of the conversations we have I don't know if I've been asking enough questions <laughs> you've been leading the conversation I haven't gotten to know you yeah mm-hmm. did you guys did Jack recommend me for the I wonder how you guys came upon uh well me as a guest we knew we had to have you on our show after you took all of our money and then <laughs> ended up poker donating night, it yeah. on poker night and then mm-hmm. ended up donating it back into the corp. <laughs> <laughs> because we used every oh, cent of that. Oh, a bribe. Yeah. yeah, bribe got me on. Yeah. Look, you paid to get on the show. We'll say it. That's what happened. <laughs> if you're looking to get on the show, pay. Pay us. Yeah. <laughs> I, to the audience, I paid a lot, too. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> so, so much. Yeah, yeah. So much. You probably can't afford it, but just yeah. guess high. Think guess about it. High. He, won a, he won an entire poker night between like eight dudes. And we played for... They're all high rollers. All high rollers. High rollers. <laughs> all high rollers. All 22 and all high rollers in the third floor of this. And I didn't need the space. money, so I just gave it back. I, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So maybe the lesson is challenge us in poker, Yeah. take our money, money. and then use that money to come on the show. There you yeah. go. Mm. There it is. Easy. Easy. Good solution. Solution providers at the back pocket, dude. This is what we do. Um, <laughs> but for real... We knew we, you had to come on because, I mean, Jack Burke was obviously like, Tony Perello would be a great podcast guest. Mm-hmm. Josiah Bardwell was like, he'd be a great podcast guest. Mm-hmm. And then Cavi Brennan, a great podcast guest, was really? also like, Tony Perello would be a great podcast oh, guest. that's so nice of them to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, here you are, dude. We've been challenged <laughs> to have you on, and, and we uh, we followed through. Yeah, we followed through. We do what we say a lot, <laughs> but not a lot. Not enough. Actually, not enough. We just because yeah. Ty thinks we don't. Yeah, I would say a minority of the time do you do what you say. Oh yeah, it's true. After we did Less that than podcast, fifty percent. Yeah, yeah. I 
awoken something in you to realize that. I know. You know what you should you do, Ty? You should start writing down all of their ideas. Yeah. We already, yeah, we did. I don't, you get, do that. I don't get paid enough for that. So <laughs> you, the, what you see is what I do. I, yeah. I drink <laughs> I, I drink beers and I sit and make sure the camera stay on. Ty, I have to compliment you oh on this. You are some of you ask some of my favorite questions. Oh my goodness, uh, I don't. Do you guys get that a lot? Like Ty, yeah, no. he does a really good job um, following up and asking smart questions. I feel like on the podcast, Tony, you're I agree. Guys. Tony, you're my favorite guest. You walked in, you're like Ty. I know so much about you. I'm like I'm famous. <laughs> I was like I've, I've made it quite simply. So thank you so much, and mm-hmm. I try my best. And if you'd like to hear more of my questions, you can tune into my podcast, How They're Here, wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> How they're here. How they're here. Is podcast. that like a, is it similar to the back pocket? Would you say? Well, we take that? more of like a business angle to it. So okay. interview entrepreneurs and creatives also in the Twin Cities area, but broader Midwest area. I kind okay. of I talk to them, try to get at their story, similar, similar impetus of, of what they, these guys do, but yeah. I take more of a, a business angle to it. So if that's something you're interested in, how they're here, wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay. I try to, Hello. I try to take okay. my So time. enough of that <laughs> shit. Yeah. Enough Good work. That. Good work. I want to ask you about, um, and you know, this is, uh, a good jump, but mm-hmm. uh, for the listeners that don't know, you uh, you're part of a family business, a yes. great family business. Mm-hmm. And remind me what the name was. Is it Sammy's Pizza? Yes, yeah, Sammy's okay. Pizza. Yep. So I'd love to hear kind of that backstory and how that's kind of influenced your come up sure. and your bring up in how we've like met you and everything today. Yeah. So Sammy's Pizza, the first location is in Hibbing, Minnesota, which is the Iron Range, northern Minnesota, and um, my great. My great great grandpa Sam the first. My dad is Sam the third. Wow. Um, so Sam the first started it in Hibbing, and he was uh, he worked in the mines and as a garbage man. And one day he gave it all up, gave up the dream, being a garbage man, and started a pizza business. And um, from there, kind of all of his like kids sort of got into the business. And my dad is like now like a partial owner of it with his family. Um, there's. 15 locations 14 locations i think they you know they come and go sort of they want some open up some close down but my dad manages um three right now in duluth i believe yeah wow yeah and so i kind of grew up you know hanging out a lot at the pizza shop and i went to like grade school first through sixth grade literally a block away from my dad so every day after school i would walk down to the pizza sit do my homework with his employees who are like high school students or college students at the time and spent a lot of time there making pizzas and yeah it was I mean it was a really good upbringing I I have a lot of mentors I feel like from that and kind of by default by the way I my parents like because they own a restaurant they like know a lot of people in the town you like kind of have to Mm -hmm. so I knew a lot of people by default in in the town and so it was kind of fun growing up in Duluth no matter where I went my parents were kind of known so therefore i was kind of known and was at the pizza lot it was yeah it was a really good upbringing i thought and yeah who are some of those people that were mentors um see yeah it's kind of funny because i a lot of the people that were there when i was younger like i don't even really remember who they were because they're only there for a summer you know yeah Yeah, um but they helped me with like my homework when I was a kid and like all this great stuff. Um, some really good mentors. Um, I don't know. None. Anybody that like, I guess it doesn't even have to be connected to Sammy's pizza, but yeah. just like a good mentor. Cause like mentors are important. Yeah. 
mentors are really important. I have I've had have a lot of good really good mentors in my family. Okay. Um I uh my cousin, I would have to call her out. She um she, we actually work at the same company together and she uh Where's that at real quick? It's called Optum and it's part oh, of yeah. United Health Group. Sure. And uh she was in like actually the same program that I was in that I am currently in like 4 or 5 years ago when it first like started up. And she like notified me about it and I got in and like, that's like the job that I have today. So, wow. yeah, it's kind of funny how like things come full circle with like your family and like mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Especially an Italian family. Very well connected. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're well connected. All yes, right. sir. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Like um, the pizza business has like been a kind of a good segue into the real world because like when someone like hears Sammy's and they know Sammy's and they've been there, they like get really hyped about it <laughs> like there's this guy steven juno at work like he's from brooklyn park um north of the twin cities here and he like once he heard i was like part of sammy's he was like instantly my best buddy <laughs> like love sammy's like loves the people there he knows like nick and nick the owner and like all this like stuff and yeah so it's been i mean it's good because it kind of has it's my little like pocket of fame sort of oh yeah I love that you're connected into the food world. That's similar to me. Uh, my dad uh, started a restaurant in 1995 like, and had it until oh, really? 2004. He had his own restaurant mm-hmm. in uh, his hometown. What was it called again? It was called D-Bob's, that's right. and that's my grandfather's name, Donald Robert D-Bob. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was the same situation growing up. I was in his restaurant mm-hmm. uh, after school all the time, just sitting there, like helping out with like the dishes or and doing my homework up in his office, like meeting yeah. all the employees. And similar to you, like everyone knew D Bob's, the restaurant. So therefore Mm -hmm. they knew me and they knew my dad. And I had all that same type of interaction as a small business owner. You're trying to build the relationships and you want to keep a great PR like as a business owner. So you're out there doing all these events and meeting people and I'm Mm -hmm. holding hands 100% along the way. So he's kissing babies, kissing babies, (laughs) shaking heads. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to hear if you agree with me. But like, I've really like learned in that whole experience how important it is to like keep a smile on your face, like 100% of the time and like, be a really good listener and help people and like customer service skills that I learned at Sammy's like help me in like my big quote unquote, like corporate job nowadays, like crazy how things come around like that 100 percent manners is like the top thing on my like skill set like i feel like yeah. i have good manners just a presence in a room mm-hmm. making sure everyone feels comfortable and i do attribute that to being inside a restaurant all the time because you're dealing with people that could be having a great day could be having mm-hmm. the absolute worst day and while they're inside your environment you need to make sure they're cared for so spot on i i, I share those attributes with you <laughs> i did not grow like Hanging out with you, Andrew, has helped me become a better person in terms of having manners. <laughs> Hospitality. Hospitality in general yeah. is my – I've upgraded that ever since I've met you. So thank you. And, and Tony, I'm sure, like, you, you hold that same standard, which I'm sure you know I'm a little rough around the edges when it comes to that stuff. Um, but what I want to know is um, – so you're at Optum now. Yeah. Do you have any interest in, like, joining the family business? Yeah, I don't know. I think um, – I don't know. I don't know if my coworkers are going to listen to this, but I think I'm not really like a corporate guy. I feel like yeah. And Optum is like, is the, is the most it's like corporate. the corporate place to work in, yeah. in Minnesota pretty much. How long have you been working there for? Um, I just had my one year, like a month ago or so. Isn't yeah. that crazy. Oh my God. Honestly, like the thing about it is once you hit like the three month mark, you just feel the same the entire rest of the time. I mm-hmm. think it's, yeah. and it's kind of funny. Like I was talking to like all these like new hires today, actually. And, you know, they're all like 
you know my credentials at like the college the great college i went to but it's like we're all the same like we're for, you know we're new in the business and you know this, this is it yeah this is it like mm-hmm. you don't need to like a lot of them are minnesota homegrown i'm, I'm assuming yeah mm-hmm. it's a lot of minnesota people there's a lot of madison people okay. a lot of madison sure. like wisconsin people there's a few east coast people here and there but that's yeah. Really it. yeah so when you say you're not a corporate guy what do you mean by that um I guess what don't you like about your experience or maybe I don't know. I would just rather spend like every single day at my cabin pretty much. Ooh. Well, so would everybody else. Yeah. The I cabin the I... cabin's fun and it's a sharp knife because you got the dull knife of life around right sitting right by it. Well, you never wait, know, say that again. You never know a sharp knife is sharp unless you have a dull knife sitting next to it. That's see, that's funny you say that because I was kinda of, I was thinking about this thing today. It's called the hedonic treadmill. Have you ever heard of that? No. I have not. So it's like, uh, um, so it's like, no matter what happens in your life, you kind of go to this like normal level of happiness. Like you might have some really terrible event happen, but you only feel terrible for like a day or two until you get like normalized again. It's kind of like, I don't know if you're familiar with statistics, like the law of averages. Um, oh, we are the law of average. We're your wildly <laughs> average podcast. This is what we do. Yeah. Law of big numbers, law of averages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's kind of like that. It's like you might live below your means or live above your means but you're probably going to be like the same level of happiness because you're just on this hedonic treadmill that is keeping you steady eddie pretty much okay and we desire that you you don't desire anything you just realize that your reality is the average happiness and you're averagely happy because of that do you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. some people like practice uh on purposeful um they like withhold things from their life on purpose so that they can realize actually how happy their their life is but you need to do that on like a regular basis to like actually find happiness from that which is kind of hard sure so like kind of like a diet then kind of like a a diet it's like kind of like a diet yeah in the sense that you eat like crappy food all week and then you have a big pasta meal and it's like wow this is good yeah yes okay but i would say a better correlation is like just living on like say like 20 to thirty thousand dollars a year you're probably relatively the same amount of happiness as you are if you make over a hundred thousand a year you know yeah i mean it doesn't sound like that from you guys perspective probably because those people like seem very happy Mm because they have a bunch of money and nice like boats and like all this stuff but it's not it's just a facade right probably the same happiness as you can i say that when you say you eat crappy for six days and then you have a nice pasta meal. That just makes me so happy. So, I mean, like, that's how, exactly what I was thinking. A great pasta meal with maybe some raviolis and yeah. a meatball. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, that's that's home. That's Mecca. Absolutely. I uh, <laughs> la- This weekend, I had, like, a long weekend. I was, like, painting all weekend. And after I was so beat and tired, I went for a big pasta meal. And like it was, like... painting a house or what? Yeah, I was painting. my. I was painting a house, yeah. Wow. I, oh, your house. You have a house, right? Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, I bought a house, actually. Holy shit. Just pretty wild. So is this a house for you to live in, or are you going to become a landlord? Um, I'm going to become a landlord. So kind of what the strategy is for now, um, I am buying it, I'm renovating it, and furnishing it, and I'm going to try to do Airbnb and try to m- pretty much make back what I'm spending on the mortgage, hopefully plus some, on Airbnb. And the kind of the thought is like worst case scenario, like I just like pay the mortgage out of my like salary, which is like fine. I mean, it's like kind of expensive place to live. But it doesn't <laughs> that, make it then. But it's like 
but that's a worst case scenario, right? It's like yeah, pretty yeah. much like I'm back to like the average person, right? But best case scenario is I'm paying off my rent or paying off my rent or mortgage and pocketing essentially the opportunity cost of not being a not living in an apartment. Sure. Yeah. And then now I'm seeing it. So if this works, I'm yeah. I'm assuming you're going to start buying more properties and th- thus have the ability to live on the lake at your cabin. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So I That's think the long-term Tony. The point. long-term strategy work. The long-term strategy is like this year I buy one house. Next year hopefully I get like a raise in my every year like I scale my income. So like this year I buy one house and I like increase like 20 grand let's say my income mm-hmm. and then next year i get a raise at work and let him produce like another like five percent raise maybe yep. and then the following year i buy like a duplex or a quadplex or a triplex and then therefore then scaling my income again and then eventually like if i want to retire i just like sell all the houses take like the million dollars that i get to retire and just live off that of course and then wow. just go to my cabin and fish all summer long <laughs> bingo yeah all right, I like yeah. this plan. This is a good plan. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. Like people like think they just need to keep building, building wealth, really. But really, you just if you have like a million dollars, you know, the stock market it grows at like seven percent a year. Yep. Right. Seven years, it doubles your money. There you go. That's true. Yeah. And um, so, for example, like if you have a million dollars and it throws off, let's say fifty thousand a year, you can like live on that fifty thousand. Just as long as you don't touch the million on top. Right. So the idea, I mean, so. and back to your point, mm-hmm. you know, those people in this hedonic treadmill, there are the ones that live at the 20 to 30 to maybe upwards of $50,000 50, a year. Mm-hmm. Like you. I like where you're taking this. Right. You want to li- maintain that lifestyle, maintain that happiness, maybe get even a little happier. Yeah. But at the same time, you're accumulating wealth for, you know, for the birds at this point. Yeah, I think that's great. So I think there's two ways you can combine those two ideas. The first way is, okay, I only need this much a year and I have this much income. And maybe I don't even need all the money that it's throwing off so my income keeps growing or my wealth keeps growing. My income stays the same. Or you can take it the way of, um, okay, so I make, let's say I make 50000 a year and I only spend half of it. How long is it going to take for that money that I'm saving to pay for the savings, this, to pay for what I'm spending at each year, right? Yeah. And it's like actually like a pretty cool scale. So if you're at like the 50% savings mark, I think it takes about 15 years okay. to, to get to that point. And if you're at like the 20% saving mark, it takes like eight years or seven years. Got it. So it's like it's, the higher you can get your income and the lower your spending can be, the faster you can like quote unquote retire on the money that you're saving. Got it. What is retirement though at this point? What is retirement? Do you think do you think by the time we're 60 that retirement will be like a normal thing? Because the reason no. I'm saying this, the reason I'm saying this is because we had like famous Dave, we've had yeah. Steve Shussler, these like millionaire entrepreneurs yeah. who are like retirement's bullshit. It's not a real thing. I really think that they should expand the working life in both directions really. So mm. when you're younger, when you're in high school, how cool would it be if you could take a year off? in between your years and like shift where your trajectory is in high school and then college and where you're educating yourself. And then when you're older, you can kind of do the same thing. Like you have all this experience and you can essentially take it to like a less manual labor job, more cerebral. Maybe you're like a professor or you're teaching or something like that. Something that's still making you money. Maybe it's 
if you don't need the money, maybe you can work part time if you're retired or something like that. I think you should like. I think that's definitely going to happen though in our lifetime. Yeah. Uh, working years will be expanded in both directions. Yeah, I like that too because uh, Tim Ferriss talks about it actually. I don't know if you read Tim Ferriss's Four Hour mm-hmm. Work Week. That's like, I haven't read it, but I've listened to his podcast. Okay, so he's he talks about these ideas of mini retirements, mm-hmm. and it's these three month time blocks where he would leave and go somewhere to basically like hit a reset essentially he would go to like thailand and then like travel around all of southeast asia and like start learning new things and just different opportunities and whatnot Mm -hmm. and he used that as like his reset to kind of shift perspective or widen his perspective so it's very similar to what you're saying because he because he, he he's able to take those mini retirements just for context because he's gone through this whole thing of Mm-hmm. Um, what's the first one? Design, like design what you want to do. Eliminate the things that you don't want to do. Yeah. Automate what you're wanting to do, oh, so yeah. you can build the income and liberate mm-hmm. yourself and go on these mini retirements. Broaden your perspective and recreate deal. I like That's it. what he calls them. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's freaking nuts. But I love your plan. Yeah. What I do love about like kind of like what our age group is thinking about right now, and I see a lot of this in my friends as well, is whatever job they're doing right now, they're looking at other ways to make income. So they're not relying on this one thing yeah. to just continue to grab promotions and pay raises and work with inside oh, yeah. this one tunnel where I, I don't know if this is generically or generally correct, but I feel like in previous generations, that was kind of the norm was yeah. to just grow within your one lane yeah. and become the best at that. And now today's age, today's day and age, there's a lot of tasting and testing and trying to grow in multiple avenues yeah. to have a little bit more uh, happiness in different areas. Yeah, I think um, you make a really, really good point. And I think this kind of revolves around the idea that our generation is very risk averse. And what does averse mean real quick? They don't like risk. They want to be as safe as possible, right? So we want it to be as low risk. As low risk as as possible. possible. Yes. And that's our generation, you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And so the reason that that would be a really risk averse move is because, so I work at United Health Group, right? Say United Health Group takes a big shit and all of a sudden it's not a company anymore and I lose my job. It's really smart of me to have a second source of income like my home and my Airbnb slash renter business to supplement that income once that company crashes. And it's kind of the same thing. Maybe Airbnb doesn't exist someday. Thank God I have my job at Optum to like keep that going for me, right? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like the diverse. That's what would, I you, would you argue though that taking those taking a job at a big company that probably won't go anywhere like an optum would be risk adverse and just sticking with that and not having to do anything else. Um, I, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, anything is possible in today's stock market and in the world. And yeah, uh, you don't really know. I'm not denying that. I'm just, yeah, that was a question. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good point. And I think that's kind of the traditional wisdom, but, um, there's kind of another way to look, at it and i think you guys are doing a great job with it with this podcast actually there's also kind of a risk of not making money and not taking a risk when you're young so for example like if you guys say you didn't start this podcast and you just kind of worked your regular nine to five job whatever you get x amount of dollars but you might spend a little bit on this podcast and you have this potential for like hey maybe like this huge wealth every podcast we're getting like ten thousand dollar ad spots like there's like a risk that you're kind of mitigating of like get being an average person for 
spending a little like you're risking like a little bit of your time for like this huge amount of wealth so it's like in a way that is like sort of being risk averse yes. not liking risk yes did i explain that no you did you did that a great sense. job of that mm -hmm. because i think more people are doing that yeah. i think more people are willing to put time and maybe money into yeah. a higher risky thing that they mm -hmm. like to do yeah, totally. So and like, it's not risky for them at that time. At that time at all, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not risky at all for Andrew and I to do this podcast, right? There's, there's no, is like there a it. lot of risk in it? Cancel culture could get us. Cancel culture We're always back. aware of cancel culture. We've, we have put out over 200 episodes of an hour of Andrew and I talking. That could get us canceled at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. Not denying that. Maybe there is risk involved. But the idea, <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of like going back to like my weird uh, thing about entrepreneurship is like, you can you can take those risks in those little jobs like mm -hmm. starting your own like nutrition company or like Austin Yoakum starting his own uh, gym. Like yeah, the more totally. he got vested in it, the more he invested money and time and effort, and now that's mm -hmm. his job. Like, sure, that could be viewed as risk, but really, like when you first start, like what is it really? It's an idea. Oh, and you it's, have your entire life to recover if it's a bad decision. Right, right, exactly. And I think something that is similar to how we grew up with family-owned businesses mm -hmm. at that time you could really only reach those people in your town and yeah. especially with the restaurant industry food in particular you can only reach the people in your town mm -hmm. now there's these many ways to market and ship and sell products that you can be global if you really wanted to and work in duluth minnesota and be a global brand mm -hmm. out of your house and that was some that wasn't something that was possible and now, like, having that, and that doesn't even need to be your main thing. You can be a global brand selling T-shirts, one-off T-shirts, and oh, be totally. making a good lump of money. And uh, that is your side hustle. So, like, that oh, is yeah. the coolest thing that we have the ability to, to see and to grasp and to follow through with. And you're doing it in real, real estate. We're doing it in the podcast industry. And there's so many other people that are just slowly tapping into things that are less risky to them right now because they have something stable. Yeah. And it's sweet that we get to talk to each other and vibe off each other and yeah. grow. Just, and like highlight that, yeah. amplify, mm -hmm. amplify it all. Because it's a lot of hard work. Even it if is it a is, lot of work. Even if it is not that risky for you to buy this investment. Um, I mean, it's pretty risky. Like it's like you're risking. There you go. Like, it is getting risky now. For me, I like put like several thousand dollars like into a home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. That's definitely a risk. But, you know, hopefully I can like double my money like in the next year. Like that would be like the that's insane. Like you know what I mean? Like that's kind of if there's a benefit to it, right? I'm not. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't make like a dumb decision. Like I didn't make a. It's a calculated decision, right? Mm -hmm. It's like kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like this is. It's not like a new. This is a new idea, a new business. Like I found this online. Like some other people have done it, and so I like am like cop exactly copying like their business model. You know? Sure. Yeah. So oh yeah, that was like gonna be my next question: is where did you find the idea, or why do you, do you want yeah. to pursue? this this whole idea <laughs> um well can you bring I, the mic a little closer Bob? yeah sorry um there you go yeah so so i first so anyways okay so like a year and a half ago i uh got a temp job over Jan j term at st thomas this is the final semester senior year um yeah final semester senior year i didn't have a j term so i was like i gotta find something to do make a little extra cash and so i did like a temp job which was a great super fun experience and I listened to, like, a podcast the entire time. I was, like, sending out mail for, like, tax season or something like that. There you go. <laughs> a lot of paper cuts. And um, 
I was listening to this podcast that my like cousin in law recommended to me called Bigger Pockets, which probably is what took your like, like I don't know, RSEO. Yeah, exactly. RSEO is gone because of that. Bigger Pockets, man. God damn. Yeah. It. I don't even know about the podcast. They've been stealing our shit for two years. Oh well. Anyways, Bigger <laughs> Pockets, great podcast. Anyways, I li- have you ever listened to their podcast? No, I've heard of it though. Yeah, I've actually heard of it. Yeah, and it's like probably like the premier like real estate investing like podcast and like i just like listen to you guys and they're kind of like hype men you know how like Mm -hmm. some people are like that and it like got me really pumped and like pretty much i got thinking about it for like probably a year year and a half and just like super into it and then i bought a house and now i got it and i also got into kind of through that whole podcast they're like connected to like this guy online he has a blog called mr money mustache I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's pretty much like a personal finance blog and it's about wow. this guy who like pretty much everything that I've been talking about, about like risk and like living on a low way, low budge, low budge and having a high income and like eventually retiring. It's like pretty much like he was like one of like the pioneers of that like whole movement in America, huh. which is pretty big, actually pretty big moment. But when did that start? When did he start that the whole? Yeah, the whole thing. Would he just start his blog? Yeah. He started it in 2012. Okay. He was like a tech worker in Ca- in like California or something like that. Okay. Or maybe it was Colorado. And he uh, was making good income, like probably like 100K a year. And he like only lived on like 20K, mm. 30K, 20K. How did he do that? Um, well, he doesn't have a car. He like buys like only like fifty dollars worth of groceries every week because keeps his expenses really low yeah so if you look at pretty much if you look at um american expenses in america today about 68 percent 68 percent of it is spent on why not 69 dude yeah just come make on. it 69 <laughs> so everyone can have some fun 69 percent <laughs> of it <laughs> is spent on um transportation food and housing okay so oh. it's like it's like over it's like 40 percent housing 20 percent whatever yeah. And so uh, I see that very. Re- yeah. Maybe even mine's probably higher than that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you live frugally in the other parts of your life. Probably. Mm-hmm. I don't right? buy a lot of clothes or. Yeah. Other gifts or anything. It's a lot of food. When it, <laughs> food is and rent. And food and rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably your car. I don't know if you have car payments, but like car payments. Yeah. yeah. Student loans, car payments. Yeah. yeah. And so if, like if I look at like my own situation, I can cut off probably like 40 percent of my monthly expenses by like buying my own home and renting it out. So pretty much I'm making an extra like $1,000 a month by just not making it. I'm saving $1,000 a month. Exactly. You're breaking even yeah. and potentially making money on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot, hell of a lot easier to cut an expense than it is to like make an extra dollar, which is a concept mm. a lot of people don't think about. And plus, yeah. and plus you get taxed on all the income that you make. So you really have to make like a dollar twenty to make a dollar. Because twenty cents is going to the government, or thirty cents, or whatever is going straight to the government. Mm-hmm. Whoa, man! This yeah. is exactly the conversation I needed right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pocketbook isn't too uh, too big these days. Uh, no, I I could spend uh, I could I could buy all <laughs> kinds of shit, and it's not going to make any dents in my bank account. <laughs> However, not to brag, not to brag, <laughs> not to brag, but not to brag, but like I I I mean I I put a lot into my savings. I. For Good some for reason, you. have life insurance, and there's all kinds of stuff that I got going on. <laughs> he has the premium life insurance. I have, I have permanent, not premium. That's permanent. Right. Yeah, and that's you know. You can. It's an asset. It's an asset. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I got like over a thousand dollars in cannabis. That's fun too. Um, <laughs> and that's not a lot. That's not a flex either. But my point is like, 
My, my point. Can you put that on the podcast? I can do whatever I want on this shit. This is mine. <laughs> this is ours. We can cut it. I don't know. It stays. How come? I, how come I can't have? I can't. I can't tell people I invest in cannabis stocks. Of course, that's like a that's a great thing. All right. Yeah. It's expanding for sure. Yeah. But anyway, Illinois, twenty twenty, legal weed. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. If anyone's looking for uh, yeah. marijuana. Yeah. January one. January, January one. Twenty twenty. Get up in. Very close. I did Pro- not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. Ty's like uh, Ty's Don't eyes lit up. Me. Yeah. Ty. Ty's no. eyes lit up. It's not legal here, so I, no. I have a family member who's on medical marijuana, actually. Wow. Seeing and benefits. It, changed her life actually Whoa. like Whoa. she has really terrible disease has to do with like her like intestines and stuff they're oh, like no. dying and pretty much dying and like literally like the medical marijuana cannabis or whatever has like 180 like made her feel like a million times better wow. which is like great yeah. oh that's awesome i don't know how it works i have no idea that's like the one healthcare topic like i don't know anything about yeah no we don't know it either but UHG we always doesn't act. support i don't know i don't think they include it it probably depends on what um branch you're in line of business yeah Mm -hmm. so if you're like a commercial product so if it's like through like a company um or if it's through the government i I don't think the government supports it so probably only works if you're like through a business how it works in healthcare is like united health group or not united health group target will hire united health group to like facilitate do like the operations of a healthcare business and they'll just own their own healthcare business and they'll be like through your employer. That makes sense? Yeah. So they can like set the set the parameters whether they want cannabis on their like payable list or not. So gotcha. Wow. Yeah. And they'll probably upcharge you if you do or something along those lines. Potentially allegedly. Well we don't, they we don't have the answers. Yeah, we don't have the answers. It <laughs> yeah. depends. It's all it all depends. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, it as all I depends. was I love that. What I was what I was saying Oh was, yeah, back to Decky making bags. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> but like the idea is I'm putting more into my savings now because I eventually would want to have like the stability of just like leaving my job and doing something else totally yeah. and giving myself a time frame to do it in. So if I can save the what I'm saving now for to the time of like let's say next March or something like mm-hmm. that, I will then have an entire year of baseline costs, yep, including student loans, yep, for an entire year. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. So now we're talking about risk aversion again. Yeah. What's the difference between, you know, quitting your job now and going five months or waiting, keep working and quitting your job in March or April or May and having a yeah. year? I, yeah, I don't know. I That's mean, how I see it. At least. I think, I think how you should look at it is how much do you need to live on? Probably need like 30 grand to live on. Let's just say 30. If, if every month, if you had, three grand or let's say two grand in your pocket yeah immediately into your day one of the month two grand into your bank account probably could live on that right yes so that's maybe a little more but still so that's like let's say twenty five thousand, right yeah you just multiply that number by 25 and then that's your like financial independence number pretty much what it's called wait wait, wait. hold on multiply twenty five thousand by 25 yeah and that's my financial independence. independence number yeah so what does that get me gets you like Wait, what is your FI number? So the FI number is what? I don't know what that is. It's like that's how much money it will throw off every year for you to live on. So Interesting. Yeah, so if you have like, so you have, have you heard this? No, I've never heard of this. Yeah, let's just do the math real quick. Why do you multiply by 25? Because it's like 4%. Usually it throws off 4%. 
625,000. Yeah. And so you did 25 because 2,000 times 4 because 12 months. It throws off 4%. Yeah. So if you have $100,000, it'll throw off $4,000 a year on average. What do you mean by throw off? It'll like it'll create $4,000 of interest for you to use. Oh, through just assets? Through, well, through like stocks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like and index fund investing, so it's called. Got it. Yeah. So I would have to be invested in something. You have to the... be invested in something that creates money. Yeah. So either a business of your own oh, yeah, that's or real estate or an index fund or a stock that yeah. pays dividends. Okay. So how would you balance that with, like, say you're running your own business, but then you also have assets elsewhere. Do you rely on those el- uh, assets elsewhere to get your 4%? It has to you... be money producing. Has, has to be, be money producing. Yeah. Okay. So, but like the idea is why would you like keep your money in something that isn't producing money? Yes. Why would you have cash? Because it doesn't make money for you. You mm. got to have all of your dollars working for you. Well, you could buy like a URL and just be wait until that. Like I buy, <laughs> I buy TonyPrella.com. Yeah. And, and when I make the, it big, I want that And then you got to come to me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, you got to come to the back pocket. It's like, how the hell did back pocket just buy 200 URLs? It's like, we yeah. planned this. How about uh, Brandon Verdick talking about hand model or wrist modeling? Was that the same? That was uh, the same podcast, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was a hand model. What a hell of a start of a podcast, by the way. The first like fifteen <laughs> minutes for him talking about how he no, it's a wrist. He was a wrist model. Wrist yeah, watch wrist model. model. Yeah. The the upside down watch was a good touch. Mm-hmm. His podcast was awesome. He was a good dude. Yeah, what'd you think about that? Because that was like a real big switch up for Andrew and I did. To do like a documentarian. Yeah, he's kind of had homelessness. And... He had like a really interesting kind of weird vibe about him. He would like take pauses in between some words or whatever i was like <laughs> yeah. this guy is thinking <laughs> he yes. was thinking i wonder what his face looked like over here did he have his eyes closed or no he just maintained this like slight lean no, there was there was a time where he was sitting there for like legitimately 30 seconds with his eyes closed i'm like yes we're losing him <laughs> i watch that like where's where is he off yeah. to he's pretty interesting but i have since i listened to that one he, um, since I've listened to that one, I've like told that story about like the tent wall or whatever it's called. The wall, yeah. nice. the wall, like yeah. several times, yeah. like how those people like live there. And they, Mary made that announcement, and then all of a sudden everyone was there. It's like people are drawn to that. Like mm-hmm. I told a ton of people too. It's so interesting, and people didn't know about it either. Like they didn't no. know that it had happened. I like vaguely in my like right. vaguely remember that, but mm-hmm. you didn't know the extent of like it was crazy. No. Yeah. Uh, well, homelessness is like really bad in like any city, and it's just not. It's tough, tough to deal with that. Right, but to have it like so, like it was such an event mm-hmm. to have happen. It was, and I watched the documentary too, and it was like really. I haven't seen the documentary, so I can't comment on that. But I don't know where people. Where can normal people? That's see the it? thing. Like he hasn't. So he's holding on to it. This is like really bad podcasting, and for Andrew and I in general, like have the guy on when he releases it to the public, but. He's holding it on to holding on to it for like the music or video mm-hmm. film festival. Yeah. If it's on YouTube, you lose the rights to being incorporated yeah. into the film festivals. Yeah. So he's holding on to it until he gets through the festival season and then he'll release it to everybody. So yeah. and he gave us like the snippet of it to yeah. see. Oh. He let us see it. So I mean maybe I sneak peek. Yeah. Yeah, we could send you the link. Yeah, it's just a private link. It's just a private yeah. yeah. That's we no shouldn't big just deal. be sending out the link. Well, I, well, I want to talk to him about we'll it. He'll, he'll be fine with it. Yeah. But yeah. It, so you watched the whole thing then? Yeah, it was killer. It was it was like for being made on his phone. I thought like it was just really 
raw and like impactful. It was yeah. pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. had no idea it was shot on his phone until afterwards. Yeah. Like, I would never have guessed that it was shot oh, on really? his phone. Well, it was, yeah. yeah. It was just such like an impactful like story and like message that it didn't matter how it was shot or like what it yeah. was like there was background like if yeah. you look at from a, an objective cinematographer like cinematography angle, you'd probably be like, ah, oh, it wasn't really well made, but the story and the content yeah. was so ridiculously impactful that it was like it could be it could have been shot on a potato and it would have still been yeah. <laughs> like effective you know yeah, yeah totally he picked the right people to have the conversations with too from like the start that's the most important part mm-hmm. yeah yeah he it like blew me away I, I mean, you're just guessing at that point because you have no idea who these people are no he just found the right people that stuck around and then ha- didn't have mm-hmm. the great life experiences yeah. had a couple good breaks it was yeah there's an arc to it which was i think mm-hmm. important it wasn't just one person the next person the next person it was you know a character development and that's good editing like he's just a straight up good editor then yes you know? And this was his first one that he said he put together, first documentary. All on his phone, which was like he dropped that at the very end of the podcast. Like, yeah, what I learned today, like, I, you know, yeah, I have these fun experiences. I yeah. filmed this whole documentary on my phone, and we're like, what? Yeah, Your phone? That's insane. He said most of it was just raw on his phone. Like, he said he eventually got a microphone to, like, plug into yeah. it, but most of it was just, like, whip it out of your pocket and shoot. Yeah. So we got to do mobile, mo- the mobile workplace, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind. I liked – I also liked his – uh thing on like japan or whatever China yeah thing. how great was that i had no idea cool. what any of that was but before the conversation too oh he, my god he brought so that cool. book and set it on a table it was like a encyclopedia <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's right there if you can see it it's like that, that thick, white thick one that looks like a, a fourth grade history book oh from the side yeah. it's got a lot of good content in there okay mm-hmm. um just like a fourth grade history a lot book. of good content <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but it's funny because I mean, like I had said earlier, I think, like, we're coming to the end of our third season or whatever, and, like, Brandon is, like, a great example of, like, a typical Monday night for mm-hmm. Andrew and I. Like, we have someone walk on our door that we've never met before. We exchange, like, one or two emails with him. We, like, know his story, and we spend probably an hour or more yeah. beforehand preparing for this person. And then you show up, and, you know, you 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 talk to him, and you leave just shocked for the most part and yeah. very excited. Um but, like, for Brandon specifically, it was so different for us because we had watched this whole documentary. Like, we were very vested in his story, and it was just, like, I was exhausted. I was, like, mentally exhausted listening to all these homeless people tell their story, essentially, just raw as hell, which is mm-hmm. to Ty's point. I mean, it was nuts. It was it was very nuts. And then when he comes on, and the first thing I say, what's the craziest idea you've ever pursued? And then we go on this 25-minute tangent about him going to Japan, which is, in, in my perspective, is entirely worth it Yeah. Um, just to kind of understand him. But it's fun, man. It's crazy. Blows my mind. We have a lot of fun on these Monday nights. Yeah, and it's we, insane. It's insane, and we always stay consistent, though. We always we, we, finish we each interview, each conversation with the same the same way. We already touched on a little bit. Mm-hmm. We did What's in Your Back Pocket, so thank you. That no, is, we, we didn't do it. Tony, Tony let, did he let it. himself in there. Tony did it. You asked questions. Obviously, I came prepared. You did. <laughs> you asked questions. It's, it's a phenomenal way to start this podcast because now the people that came to the back pocket yeah. for the first time because they know Tony, they got 15 minutes be- as the podcast got flowing of mm-hmm. who the back pocket's about, which is cool. Yeah. Not many podcasters set up, set up that way. Yeah. Um, but how we finish it is with average qualities because Deck and I are wildly average individuals mm-hmm. that uh, do, well, do some things well and some things not so well. At the end of the day, we have many wildly average qualities attributes so tony what is your wildly average mm-hmm. quality yes so i've done a handful good amount of thinking on this topic and mm-hmm. i think that my average quality is reading books oh. because i'm a pretty 
average. I'm not very good at reading in general. What would you say your reading uh, level is in terms of like a grade? Definitely definitely in high school for sure. So like a 10th like, grade reading level? Probably like a 10th to yeah, tenth grade reading level. Sorry, probably. that might be something short. That's like uh, um, it's not all... great. It's not great. It's Frankenstein not... is like yeah, fourth grade reading level or tenth grade, which that's hard. <laughs> he had that Abby normal brain. Yeah, Do you know. What I'm talking yes, about? yes, yeah. yes. He had that Abby normal brain, but yeah, I'm, I don't know. My reading is not good, so I'll like be motivated to read a book, but and I'll go and I'll buy it and I'll like have it in hand. I'll be so pumped and I'll like read the first chapter and it'll take me like a week and a half. And then I'll just be so bored about it. And yeah. then halfway through the book, I, like, quit reading it. It's not fun anymore. Do you get to the 100-page mark? I probably get to, like, about the 100-page mark and then quit, yeah. I'm notorious for getting to 100 pages and being, mm, yeah, just forgetting about it and then picking up the next book. I don't know if you're the same way, but I have a lot of, like, self-help books. Yes. Like, not self-help, but, like, professional business mm-hmm. type of books. And um, they, like... For half of those, like you can get the idea, like in the first chapter, they get really hyper focused yeah. as the book gets going. So it's like I don't need that, that much detail yeah. on how to be trustworthy. Right? Could Something be a one like page. Yeah. Could be one page and be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? So maybe it's the root. Maybe your average quality is rooted in the books you're picking out. Yes. We need to get you some uh, <laughs> some storytelling books, some yeah. character arcs. I think. Yeah, I think that that might be like my, my bridge into like actual. Um, reading of books is like not reading professional books or whatever mm-hmm. right reading well just fun books i mean professional for one thing but just like what are you interested in like what do you want to read about yeah. sure if it's that business stuff mm-hmm. like i you already talked about listening yeah. to podcasts you already talked about you know these different mm-hmm. resources that you're tapping into to fill that void yourself yeah. you know the book reading about it you're like i, I already saw something on trustworthiness i don't need to read mm-hmm. uh, a million pages on it <laughs> so maybe you tap into something totally different I think that's a good idea. Have you guys ever asked yourself if you were to go back to college and like study a different subject just for fun, not because like Ooh. not because you're an engineer and you make a bunch of money being an engineer, <laughs> like just because it's for fun, just because you're interested, just because in you wanted to go back and take a bunch of classes on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, to an extent. Yeah, with having Alex Corswell on the podcast, who's starting to be a psychologist, and then Coach uh, Doctor Coach John Tower on the podcast. Yeah. Both those guys in psych- or people in psych- uh, psychology. That's something that, like, when I'm having that conversation, I'm very engaged to the max. Like, I'm yeah. hyper focused, listening to every mm-hmm. detail, and feel like I want to learn more. Keep keep talking about it, and I f- want to go back and take classes on that. that psychology, psychology. Yeah. yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, I'm right on there, right up there with Andrew. But my favorite class that I ever took at St. Thomas was with Doctor Zolt Not Nash. He mm-hmm. um, he. It was the history class with um, the world since nineteen the 1900s. My favorite class ever. I feel like if I went back and just became a historian and studied history for X amount of years, I feel like that'd be so cool. Like, if mm-hmm. you knew more about the world that we live in today and the history behind it, how much would that impact the decisions you make going forward? Oh, I totally agree. I think I have to go with Dex's uh, reasoning here. I would definitely take history as well. You would. But the reading... I don't know if I could do the reading. Mm, audiobooks, man. <laughs> there you go. Audiobooks. You yeah. love podcasts. We'll just feed them audio version only. I'll read the books out loud to you. There we go. That, even though I'm not very good at reading either. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> can uh, you imagine an audiobook of Andrew just being like stumbling over <laughs> words? Just like, dude, and you'd be like, dude, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> the really long words. Like, I look up and hey, and hey, how do you pronounce this? 
Oh, that's too funny. I'm sweating just thinking about it. Yeah, God. It sounds like a potential way to make money. Yeah. We could just be audiobook uh, narrators. <laughs> so dumb. But anyways, so history. history yeah, any, yeah, but on the audiobook thing, you know, Octavia Spencer, she's like, she's an actress. She's like black and she has like, she's like kind of those like eyes. She's got eyes. She's kind of short. And <laughs> she has <laughs> eyes terrible. and she's black. <laughs> anyways she she got her start as like uh, the audiobook reader for the help the book the help oh yeah yeah and she like is she the actress in the help she's in the help yeah okay i know exactly what you're talking about and she's like now she's like a huge star and she got her start like reading in the audiobook the help Mm, it's very cool yeah it's very cool. cool but uh so you're just going off that though like what kind of um if you were to like pick up a book and really be interested in it just because of the topic what would that be oh no man i don't know let's start I here probably well i just got well this is kind of topical i just got the this is still a business book sort of i just got the uh guide to real estate investing for uh grant okay. cardone from <laughs> it's not grant cardone but that guy is pretty hilarious yeah. <laughs> 10x and everything yeah <laughs> but um yeah it's through the big it's through bigger pockets and i just got it. i'm gonna start reading it okay we'll see well if that book sticks time. then you'll hammer that one out yeah and then you're gonna move on to decky's recommendations because i feel like he's got one ready for oh. you he's been trying to lean himself out. into one no i haven't been leaning into nothing i wanted i i did kind of lean because i wanted to see what he was interested in but what are your thoughts on like um mm. if i were to give you book a and it's non-fiction or book b it's fiction what would you choose right there mm. i've heard i think i would probably say i have to do a fic a non-fiction book non-fiction yeah i okay. don't think i could read something fantasy okay uh, and you said you liked the... history i do like if history. you were to go back and do one thing it'd be history i definitely would okay and these guys are gonna all freaking yeah, I already said it you know who would be cool to read a book on and i just saw a book on him the Leonardo da Vinci book, Ooh. just like all of his inventions and like what he kind of did, I think would be really interesting. He talks about, I just went to exhibit at the Children's Science Museum in St. Paul, um, like a few weeks ago, and it was like with Leonardo da Vinci. And they talked about like this dynamic about how of a lot of like the biggest inventions in like the Earth's history have pretty much been like a product of war. It's really super cool and interesting. Yeah. Like, so they have uh you know galileo he like discovered like the moon goes around the sun and the earth or the moon goes around the earth and the earth discovered goes around, orbit yeah, yeah the orbit and all that sort of stuff and he pretty much the only reason he like got to finance those big telescopes out into the heavens was because ships needed telescopes to see land like 10 miles away and they need to know about stars because he was one of the guys who figured out where the north star was and have he, you heard this before yeah okay yeah, yeah. it's very cool and like uh another guy like neil degrasse tyson he would mm-hmm. he always says like astrophysics is or astrophysicists are you know a product of the natural technology that we have today mm-hmm. and the only reason that we ever had that was because of like the cold war and yeah. so he draws all these different things back but yeah i mean it's very true very true um, but a book that I would recommend to you, two books. Uh, the first one is Shoe Dog. Oh. I am over 100 pages into that, and I will finish it. Andrew's already finished it. It's um, one of the books that I have finished. Yeah. I liked it. Phil Knight. It's the it's his <laughs> it's his story of Phil Knight. Simple. Yeah. Um, it's mm-hmm. freaking awesome. I would highly recommend that. And if you really want to get, like, super nitty-gritty and um, yeah. historian type, yeah. um, I would recommend uh, Sapiens, Sapiens, Homo Sapiens by Yuval Harari. 
Yeah, really? these guys have heard me. Is it like yeah. a science book or what? Is it's it? like three the, part saga on humans. On on the yeah on the human entire evolution. human race on like how we oh. went from basically Neanderthal chimpanzees to the most dominant species. In like the world. in terms of like Darwin, Darwin's theory of it evolution touches or? on that, but it, it it goes through the evolution at the very beginning. But then he unpacks it from like the start of evolution yeah. and then all the way to to pretty much the current day mm-hmm. and like why we are who we are today. What's and then the, the author's background? Um, he is an Israeli um, professor of historian or of history. Okay, and he's like world known. He's given all kinds of TED talks and stuff, and mm-hmm. he's written three books now. So he spent the last twenty-ish years writing these books. And the first one is what I explained, like the last ten thousand years of humans, how mm-hmm. we became what we are today. Yeah. The second book is knowing what we know. Where are we going for the next thousand years? It's called Homo mm. Deus. And then the last one is Here We Are Now in the 21st Century. 21 mm. tips for the 21st century. So where are we going? Well, I mean, where we're going is he thinks that um, we're going to create technology that can enable us to live as long as we, as long as we want. Choose to live. And we can choose everything. So all the way down to the specific gene that allows you to be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So we get rid of all the these defects and we become like purely human, essentially. And or purely inhuman. Or purely inhuman, exactly, to your point. And the idea is like it, it can get out of hand very fast. <laughs> and so he mm-hmm. kind of plays through a couple different scenarios. You walk through the whole thing and then he brings it right back to normal in the third book, which is very cool. So... I've I've driven a lot like that is probably the <laughs> coolest thing that I've done this year is read all three of those books. Um, that is very cool. It's not it's cool to me. It's not cool to anybody else probably, but I would highly recommend Sapiens to start. It's a good one. Do you think AI is going to like take over the world? It's not going to take over the world. It's only going to influence yeah. the efficiency of our world. Mm. So it's it's going to create I I think if it's if it's not handled appropriately, I think it's going to create a gap in society where people can pay and have access to more information, which means more data, which means better decisions. Yeah. Than the people who don't have it. Think about Mark Zuckerberg as a person and what he has access to versus what Backpocket has as a person or a human mm-hmm. as as what in terms of data. And if we had the data that Mark Zuckerberg does in, deci- in any decision that we make for the next 10 years versus what we have. There's really no comparison, right? Because we're using Facebook to do all the things that we're doing. Yeah. So that's kind of where this, this gap is being developed and is growing is you the more technologies that come from the data that make the, the, to make these like quote-unquote best decisions, Yeah. that's where I get worried. Because it's all privatized. Yeah. Google's the biggest freaking company in the world, pretty much. And they're totally private. Yeah. Right? What's the government going to do about it? You can't really regulate that kind of stuff. So They try to. They try to, right? Yeah. So that's where, to dive into the rabbit hole, that's where I'm at. What do you think, uh, do you think the human mind is like a computer? What do you think about the difference between a human mind and a computer is? Have you? Do they address that in the book at yeah. all? Yeah, yeah, this is like a whole podcast. <laughs> um, to put it simply, we have we haven't been able to map the human brain yet. There's not enough physical data to hold on to that 
our brain has. We're too focused on dreams. All the science goes to looking at dreams. <laughs> you see all these documentaries on like latest dreams. Like how are these yeah. people dreaming? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's this latest one on Netflix that just came out. I was like, why are we focusing on dream? Let's let's cure cancer. <laughs> let's cure. <laughs> let's focus on the now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is like the that is like the the thing to the book is like you dive so far into something that's not even really in existence and yeah it's great and all it's very fun to like dive into that reality but dude the anxiety you get from that sometimes is just like wow Mm -hmm. and it's not our reality to dive into but what is a reality to dive into right now and you already asked this or we already asked you this or you addressed it which is in your back pocket so we'll move on to the next question which is a challenge so challenge is you know how we have you on this podcast Mm -hmm. right um, Josiah, Jack Burke, Jack Burke, Cabby Brennan, Cabby Brennan, all challenge us to have you on the show. Here you are. Who do you challenge us to get on the show next? Well, I want to challenge you guys to number one, do some sales for yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We should do right? that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think, so you're challenging us to sell ourselves, to sell yourselves. Yeah. All right. We can do that. Um, I have, uh, a few ideas. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. You guys don't really talk politics on your show at all. We've had <laughs> we've had Karen Housley on our show. We didn't. We talked to her about breastfeeding. Yeah, we didn't do politics really. Yeah. You, you want us to talk into, about are politics? You, are you guys not into politics? Or so the original conception of the back pocket was mm-hmm. over politics. During the election year, we were going to do a politic podcast, and we just quickly realized a we're not we're not very knowledgeable yeah. about this, and b <laughs> our parents were like, or specifically Declan's mom was like, don't do that because yeah. it's not going to end well. So we backed it, but let's see if we can accept this challenge. Lead us down your rabbit hole. No, well, no, I was, I was going to, I was going to say, I'm pretty good friends with Walter Mondale, who is like a, he's like a vice president of the United States. And he lives in Minneapolis here. (laughs) What? Oh, and I was like, you're so going to get him on. I mean, he's on like a million podcasts and so you're just, I was like, dude, these guys send him an email. He'll go on. He's like my friend. He's like a pretty good friend of mine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Easy. Yeah, absolutely. Easy so that's all. Right, so tell us more about this guy, though. I just want to like. And how you're pretty good friends with the <laughs> former vice president. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who is he the vice president under? I'm bad at this. Jimmy Carter. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So he he had one term and then he ran again. Oh, I don't know. Anyways, he uh, he um, is from Minnesota, right? He's from like southern Minnesota, but. Like, my family, like, I said this earlier, like, everyone kind of knows us up north. And so, he actually owned a hunting cabin with, like, my great-grandpa. Oh. And they were all up, they all, like, lived, like, up north over the summer and, like, went hunting, deer hunting and grouse hunting together. And now, he, we go on, like, a Canadian fishing trip every, every year together in June for like a week wow. and I hang out with them and we do crossword puzzles together and go fishing pretty much. It's pretty fun. Damn. All right. Yeah. All right. That would quietly be your biggest guest of all time. Former vice president of the United States. Yes. Yeah, no, that's yeah. our in. <laughs> that's so our in. Apologies. I have an idea. That's probably like the highest order. Okay. I have a few more. I think, okay. So I just bought a house, right? Mm-hmm. My like realtor guy. Um, his name is Alex Boylan. He's like, the, one of the nicest guys let me tell you he's kind of like this like fast talking like guy you know real slick he's slick he's like but he's not nice. he's cool he's so nice he mm-hmm. like totally like helped me through like the process and like made it like as easy as possible and he's just like a great guy and um i don't know i'd love to like 
I think it would be great, like, promotion for him, honestly, because, like, people our age, like, this is, like, a time when we're, like, going through that part of our life and, like, maybe, like, on a podcast, listening to someone that has that kind of occupation that's going, maybe can help, like, 20-some-year-olds with a big life decision like that. Right on. Which hmm. I think would be kind of cool. Okay. Okay. I like that. And then um, another guy that I think would be really cool to have on the podcast. I have two more. Okay. Another one. You can feel free to cut all this. No, 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 no. Keep it going. Keep it going. We don't cut a damn thing. (laughs) Another guy that I think would be um, a cool to have on the podcast. His name's Brian Crookshank. And he was my like St. Thomas mentor for like, through like the mentorship like program at St. Thomas. Yeah. And he ended up being like from Duluth, Minnesota. And he like knows my dad and he like knows some of like my friends essentially in Duluth. And like we had this like uncanny connection, but he went to St. Thomas and he was like a marketing major and he, once he graduated from St. Thomas, he, like, grew a marketing company and eventually sold it. Wow. I don't know exactly what it is, but now he works, and he's, like, an executive at another marketing company in the Twin Cities. And essentially what it sounds like to me that he does is he works with companies like Optum, for example, and he'll say, okay, you have this, like, product, quote-unquote, that you're sending, that you're trying to sell or market to people over the age of 65 medicare patients he'll go out to a community survey those people and come back with like a set a very like detailed response and recommendations on how to pursue these type of clients and so like that's essentially what his like current business is i think it's a pretty large business actually i think it's like a national business maybe global i don't know but um he knows a lot about people then because he's doing all these surveys and stuff yeah he knows a lot about people he's a really interesting guy he's so easy so maybe he can do market research on us because we need it yeah yeah, we can hire him out. <laughs> Probably not, but he'll have come on the show and he'll just know mm-hmm. by what we're, how we talk. Yeah, maybe it'll be some like pro bono work in addition to the pro bono work <laughs> that he's doing to just come on the podcast to begin with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was that guy? Brian Crookshanks. Crookshank, yeah. Crookshank. Yeah. Okay. From Duluth. Great From guy. Duluth. All right. Got it. Awesome. And then, um, fourth person. And then the fourth person is this guy that I met through work, and his name's Jake Robley, and he is like. I don't know. He's very like quirky. Like he's just like has like ha- and he's had like the most interesting life. I feel like that one of the most interesting lives that you've had like on the podcast honestly. He's 26. He works at Optum. He went to Madison. He took like a gap year and like went to Ghana and like worked with like poor people in Ghana and he like is like an extreme like activist and he like is very about like different marginalized people's like rights and like that sort of thing. It might be it, – it's kind of, like, not necessarily, like, the whole vein of your podcast, but I think it might be a really cool and interesting thing to, like, broaden the minds of your listeners, like, to talk to yeah. this kid. He's just, like, a co- he's just like really cool and interesting guy. So right. I'll send him a text right. and see if it works out. But Sweet, right. dude. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever challenged us with four people. We got to get them all now. And now I'm excited to go vice, after all including four. Including a vice president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, yeah, where do we start? I yeah. feel like we got to start with the vice president, right? Just hit it in order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I, I you know I can't make any promises, obviously. No, no, anybody, no. But we don't want promises. Yeah, but um, we just want challenges. Yeah, but <laughs> feel free to like use my name, obviously. With all yeah, those we'll drop the and... hell out of your name, dude. <laughs> and we're gonna, we're gonna not, some... a ba- not a bad name. Not a bad good name. name. It's a great name. Great name. It's a great name. Well, we started this podcast with questions, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you've used all of them, but we'd like to open up the t- this opportunity mm-hmm. for you to ask us questions. Yeah, um, I guess. So I have a question for you. So if you're, I'm a listener of yours, obviously. I'm you a, market, you're a marketing, marketing intern. There you go. You are. Yeah. And hey. I was wondering, 
what is the what is the compensation for bringing in an ad deal to back pocket what's part of the package of being yeah. an ad, uh, sponsor yeah like what if i like what if i like wanted to what if i like emailed a big company and like brought in like oh, a you? four thousand dollar ad spot oh. on your podcast mm. like what do you think like i could join the back pocket team maybe as on the sales team maybe Oh. I'm just saying, like, mm, yeah. What, there's what, there's great packages that come with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, there's like, a lot of good rewards. Is it is it like a hat? Is it like is it? Oh like shit, a, dude! More than a hat. <laughs> is it some stock in the company? Bro, you could get some. St- <laughs> Wait, I'm not gonna guarantee you stock, but I'm gonna guarantee you stock. <laughs> dude, we could just say that out loud. Yeah. But cut, I, cut I, we could we could we, we'll cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get stock. What do you mean? <laughs> I get stock. This stock? is us. No, I'm just kidding. Publicly traded. No, we. I, but I'm just saying. That's like, a great. I didn't even think about that. That's a great idea. Like you, yeah. you would basically make like a cut or whatever well, the mean, negotiated like, thing would be for making the connection. Yeah. For example, like what if like you have, I know I'm making another. I don't know what the legality of like on the web or whatever. Like what if like Alex comes on? He's part of a diner realty, and a diner realty makes like a four thousand dollar payment to your ad payment to your podcast or something like that i feel like it's pretty like it wouldn't be that big of a lift to like do something like that no you're absolutely right especially i don't know you'd make something off that yes yeah you absolutely would all right you get that that might be a that might be a you get commission commission is the future business proposition for you guys we might have to talk about that okay that's a great idea let's do it wow yeah right on good question Oh, I guess. Well, so, so I mean, you just you just squealed that out of us, pretty much. Yeah, you're yeah, sitting over there, two arms back, leaning. <laughs> you got a beer in us. <laughs> you just, dude, you, you literally, literally yeah, time, you just, just, yeah, I know. I wind and dined him. You wind and dined <laughs> us. He wasn't even asking for a commission. You guys were like, yeah, you can have a commission. You can have whatever you want. You want stock? You can have a company. <laughs> yeah, Andrew offered a stock commission. Never bro. negotiate against yourself. <laughs> you guys negotiated me right up. I started with a hat. You guys pushed me on that. <laughs> I started with a hat, and your guys are like. Hat, we'll give you commission. <laughs> like, we'll no, no, no. we didn't say commission. We went right to stock. Stock in the company. Yeah. <laughs> you can have everything, dude. Man. This is fun. Do you want to own us? Yeah, <laughs> you can just freaking take it over. It's whatever. Just let us. Let record. us just do this. Let yeah. us just record and pay our rent. We'll figure it out. I'm just grinning your gears. <laughs> no, I'm that's grinding. freaking awesome. But you do look like a guy who was just like, yeah, I just made a sick deal. So, congrats <laughs> to you, buddy. Yeah, the dominance pose. Yeah, that's fun. That is very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But a uh, great question and. I just love what I've loved the most about this podcast and you is like you are tapping into like if you think about it like left brain right brain in terms of like podcasting like mm-hmm. you're tapping into the the other side of the brain of back pocket that really needs more time to be honest <laughs> like the sales part of back pocket the sales part about yeah we don't sell ourselves enough which is like a thing to say for sure like we just don't like I mean we're so we're so I mean selling ourselves I guess is like us filming it and we talk about it. We talk about it, but, but we, we don't never actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you guys have done so much legwork over the last Oh yeah. Amount of years that it's a really incredible. And you too. I mean like I guess I don't know really know what you do, honestly. But <laughs> <laughs> Dude quote <laughs> of the day. Damn, dude. Tony Tony, you're looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> this is what oh, he does, that's dude. Good fun. But um like I feel like doing that would be super easy because you guys have a really good brand and like I mean, no offense, but like you might get like laughed out the door one time, but like if it means you make five grand on the next sale, like that's great. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. Like I don't know, you have like numbers, right? I listened to your one with Molly, right? Mm-hmm. You guys send you like have like over like fifty like fifteen hundred roughly on every like post you do to Instagram. Like that's like 
pretty decent. Like, I feel like if you just drop stats like that, don't even say the back pocket. Just say, like, hey, your market and your stats. Send in a DM to, like, a big company. Oh, definitely. Like, 1,000 views? That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my mind. I don't know anything about marketing, really, but. It's a sharp knife in the butter knife, though, right? It's a sharp knife in the butter knife. And right. if you freaking show them what the sharp knife is and what the butter knife is in their niche market. You got to sell it like that, though. Exactly. You got to sell it like, hey, I got the sharp knife in my back pocket. And you've been you know? using a butter knife the whole time. And I'm just yeah. here to murder. No, you're not. No, you're <laughs> not at all. But that wraps us up to our final question. Absolutely. Uh, last question, simple question. What did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation? Can I say two things? You absolutely can. Of course, can. dude. Say all the things. You're so, a man of many things. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is I read an article today at work. And it was about, um, like, it was, like, about, like, birthing centers or whatever. And, like, the mortality rates at birthing centers. And I learned that, like, one-third of the deaths from, like, having a baby or whatever happens, like, before the birth. One-third happens, like, a week between, like, when the birth happens and, like, a week after that. And then another one happens, like, a year from a week to a year. So I was like, that kind of like blew my mind that like that many people like die from like having a baby in like the United States of America. And it's like the most rich country in the entire world. Like still, yeah. all these people are like dying from like such like a human natural thing. I don't know. Damn. It's like crazy. It's super sad. It is crazy. But I have another thing I want to say. Do you have a question on that or anything? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just shocked. That was, yeah. no, that was, it was like shocking. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I think it's like 700 people a year like die from that, which is like wow. a lot of people, I think. It is. For like a, such a like simple thing that probably happens like a hundred times every day in every hospital across the world. It's like, you should be better at that, I think. And Oof. yeah. And they were talking about in this article, they were talking about C-sections, you know? Yeah. And they have like statistics that show that only f- about 10 to 15 percent of births should be c-sections but through claims data like when a hospital reports a cost to a payer or insurance company like it's about 30 percent of them Whoa. so yeah and double and it's like a more invasive procedure so they like cut up in their like whole belly essentially yeah to, like get like the baby out of there it's kind of gross but like yeah it's like very invasive and they're doing 30 percent, which is like double what they probably should be doing which is like is just to, just to bill like, just to bill a higher rate. Sure. Yeah, I was gonna ask how sh- how much that subjectivity is behind the fifteen. I right? think because isn't it a judgment call on the on whether you should do it or not? Yeah. Um. I guess I don't. I didn't look into how they right. determine the fifteen. I don't think Decky has either. No. no, I haven't either. <laughs> but I guess I I'm just curious on the subjectivity of like what that call would look like. You know, because yeah. is it if it's if it's very black and white at an earlier stage where it's like, oh yeah, at this point, like we're going to have to go for it with the C-section, you know, yeah. when, if they had waited maybe, you know, five minutes later or had wait, had risked more to You're see. You're talking it. like the day of. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking birthday. I feel like most C-sections are planned, not day of. It's planned like months oh. in advance. Like, Hey, this baby has XYZ characteristic. Yeah. And so we're going to give them a C-section yeah. because it's, hmm. um, if there's going to be an issue, like it's maybe it's like spun around the wrong way or something like that. Mm. I don't actually yeah. know how it works, but neither do I. A lot of assumptions here. A lot of assumptions. We get to keep look talking. into it. Look into it. <laughs> yeah. And um, okay, then my the second, second, the yeah. second thing that I want to say is, so I have a, I have to preface this one 
I mean, you can maybe cut it, or not, but we never cut it. Um, so. not asking us to cut. <laughs> We're not cutting shit. <laughs> but, you're um, killing it. Not even the part about the C-section. We're not cutting that shit. Okay. So the second thing that I wanted to say is I have a like a little mentee that I mentor. He's a like an underprivileged child, and it's through like the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. A little plug for the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. Um, go out and do it. It's life changing. And um, he he's African American, and I take him like all the time to go get haircuts because his mom asked me to like take him to go get haircuts. And like, I have no idea what to say. Right. And I've like become like pretty good friends with this African-American guy at work, this black guy at work. And I was like, he got a haircut today. I was like, I love your haircut. What do you, how do you get that? What do you say to get that haircut? Cause I wouldn't have no, I would have no idea what to say. And he goes, Oh yeah, I get a brush fade. I was like, that's what Siam Siam is getting a brush fade every time from now on. Because <laughs> every time I was just like, I was like, give him a fade. I don't know. Like that's like all that I know. Mm-hmm. It's like give him a brush fade. He'll look great. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, that's awesome. That's, so yeah, that's oh, one that's, big thing I learned today, and it's gonna come in handy. It is very gonna. I'm I'm not gonna need it. You're not for myself. <laughs> You're not gonna need it for myself. No, but it's good language yeah. to have. Yeah, because that's how else language. would I have known that though? No, you know well, what I mean. Yeah. So I think it was good. It was mm-hmm. good, and now he's gonna look a lot better. So it's doing good in the world. I feel it is, yeah. dude. You're doing good in the world. I freaking <laughs> love that, man. It's phenomenal, and that's what made that's what made this podcast special. Because you're you're making a difference out there, brother. Come on, it is what it is. It we is. All, we it all is. do good in our own ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You guys, I'm sure you could do a lot of really good things for people just through this podcast and like giving people some airtime, making them feel good about themselves, making them feel special. So we all do good things in the world like mm-hmm. that. So We're all just having fun. Tony, thank you so much for taking your time out of your day, bringing some Schwantober beer to us. <laughs> Schwantoberfest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem. Awesome stuff, Tony. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Coast in my heart, right where I'm into from the start. It's so much warmer than the secrets you've been holding in. And don't you look at me sideways with those eyes. Always acting like you ain't got the time. I can't imagine trying to carry what you hold inside. But ooh, you got a reason to sing. And ooh, you're finally listening. Go back to the start Cause you can't hold on to it